On today's show, we're talking about how to publish on the cheap. So stay tuned. everyone, and welcome to the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, where we inform, encourage, and support Christian indie authors on their journey to publication. My name is Jamie Hirschberger, and I write short fiction under the pen name J.R. Nichols. I'm Jennifer Carl Tong, and I write historical Christian romance. I'm Christina Katane, and I write Christian dystopian fantasy. Welcome to everyone who is watching live. We love our live chat, just so full of enthusiastic support for one another. We've already got Piper and Shell. Uh, Piper says hello. Shell says hiya. Gigi's giving us the big wave. Uh, Liz says hello. And Barbara, hello, ladies. Hello to you. And if you're listening to us later, Um, on any of the many formats where we make the podcast available. We also appreciate you and encourage everybody to like and review and promote and everything else so that we can reach even more people with the encouragement and support that we offer here. So we like to start every episode of the show with what we call What's Up? It's where we check in with each other and find out what's going on, what's new since the last time we were all able to get together. And uh, what's up with you, Jen? I am leaving in just a little bit here as soon as we're done with the podcast, basically. My son is receiving his master's degree tomorrow from Olivet Nazarene University. So (laughs) I was just telling uh, Tina before we got on here that... um, like before it was like chaos to go somewhere because I had to get everyone ready, right? Like I had to get all the kids stuff ready. And now my kids are like old enough. They take care of themselves. Like I just let them pack and like generally they do good. I probably should check, but I don't like if they forget something, I'm sure we can take care of it. They can wear the same clothes twice if they need to life goes on. Right. But the problem now is like, we have so many pets, (laughs) we have so many animals here that I have to like get, ready to go, but then get the house ready for the, the dog sitter, the pet sitter. So that's what we're, it's kind of crazy right now. Everyone's upstairs actually trying to get like some laundry done and things, but so that's, what's going on here is lots of chaos and stuff. So, Oh, how wonderful. These events in life are just a really great reason to celebrate I family know. and to be together. How, how amazing for you. Congratulations. Thanks. And he's such a good kid. Like I'm just so excited for him. And then, you know, we got married last year. So he and his wife are like super excited for us to come down. I hope they're super excited. We're super excited to see them so is it still kind of weird to say he and his wife it is yeah because I don't know if if you are friends with me if anyone's friends with me on Facebook I shared a memory and it was little Spencer on the floor with his sisters who are babies I mean oh gosh with the chubby cheeks and like Chloe was literally two years old at this point in this picture and they're riding him like a horse and he's laughing and I'm like that's how he is like that's him he is not old enough to be married. He is like a nine-year-old right now. Like, how in the world is this possible? But he's married and he's getting his master's degree, and I couldn't be more proud. So, well, that's great. Piper yeah. says, "Congrats, Jen." Oh, um, Liz says, "Her what's up is she got her manuscript back from her editor yesterday. How exciting!" Yay. And she finished the three Love and Lansing books written by our own Jennifer. Aww. I hope and- you enjoyed them, Liz. <laughs> Again, yes, I don't and- read these. I just click them. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> so when you see me surprised, that's a genuine, like, that's my general, genuine reaction. I, I'm 
thank you for reading them, and I hope you enjoyed them. We have Rhonda in the chat. Hi, Rhonda. Oh, yay. We miss you, Rhonda. Miss yeah, you that's so what much. Gigi says, too. She's so happy to see her in the uh, chat. We miss you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, Barbara says, woo-woo, have a great trip, Jen. Thank you. And, We're taking my um, husband's little car because I save on gas. So my daughters are not ha- <laughs> It's going to be crammed. So be praying for us. These <laughs> are the things that build character. Tell yes. them that. This is a road trip. Yep. <laughs> And then Piper's what's up. She's going through newsletter chaos at the moment. Mm. She has medical appointments and trying to get her work done and her work in progress. Busy, busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, Barbara says, hey, Rhonda, um, we are down a host. Rhonda is joining us in the chat only. Um, we might take some time to discuss why uh, at a different moment in time. But for right now, what's up with you, Miss Tina? Well, I had a like a frustrating week, but I made it through it. So what happened was last year, it was about this time last year, I finished my rough draft of book two and I sent it off to be read um, by uh, my editor. And she was just doing a read through. And so I took like a month to work on book three. And I was saving all that into Dropbox. Mm-hmm. But then my computer died. Oh. completely dead and i got a brand new computer and it was a different it was not i had a windows laptop and i switched to a mac so monday i had to re-download scrivener because i had to get the mac version um and when i went to download what i had done for book three it wouldn't download it w- scrivener wouldn't open it because it said there were files missing Oh, so I tried a hundred different ways to try to get that to work. They said to look for the binder files. I found the binder files, but they wouldn't open it. So what I spent the next two days, and I don't know how many hours I spent going through each and every file in my Dropbox, finding the original file, downloading it to my computer as a content.rtf, renaming it and uploading it into Scrivener in the proper spot. And did it work? Yeah, I got everything back. Yay! So it was, Happy it was a lot of work. <laughs> but it wasn't gone. So Yeah, praise God. Yeah, but um so I was frustrated in the middle of it, but it's done now. And so now spend some time reading what I wrote and letting it marinate in my intellection brain and hopefully get to work on Monday. That's great. And I I did not mean to put myself last, um, but I just came to the podcast today with a different what's up in mind. But then I was inspired by a chat from some fellow authors that was going on about the subject that we've never discussed before. And so I just thought I would get your ladies take live on the air. I'm just going to say a word and then I would like you guys to just react. And that word is cilantro. Do you have an opinion one way or another about this <laughs> fabulous herb, Jennifer? Like, does it um, taste like soap to you? Are you one not. of those people? No, it does not taste like soap to me, but you can overdo it. People that love cilantro usually overdo it when they're cooking for the rest of us. I like it, <laughs> but it's one of those things that it's it's from the parsley family. And parsley is generally very like kind of a mild kind of an of, of an herb but it's like a strong one so i think that a little bit goes a long way 
definitely, I only use it in Mexican food. Um, I don't like it in other things, but in Pico, Pico is not right unless you have some cilantro. That's my and take. Tina, what is your opinion on this controversial um, herb? We've got Piper in the chat saying it is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so did Rhonda. Look at Rhonda really hates them. Ew. I like cilantro, but my hu- my husband is one of the people on this planet who has a gene. There's actually a gene people have that makes cilantro taste like soap to them. Really? It's not just yes. in their head. It's not just in their head. Oh. It's actually a gene. And uh, he has it. And so I always substitute parsley, Italian mm. parsley for cilantro. And it's not quite the same, but it makes him happy. So. But it's close. And it would be close enough. Yeah. Like even even in Pico, it would be close enough. I think. But then if we go to a Mexican restaurant, he's like questioning the waitress. Is there cilantro in this? Is there cilantro in this? So, yeah. What's interesting uh, for me personally is that it turns out it was an acquired taste uh, in my book only because I went to Cancun with my sister for her senior year spring break and it was in everything. We could Mm. not escape it. And we were just like this flavor and we realized that it was the cilantro and we're just like, ah, but then it seemed like the next time I had it, it didn't offend me. And then the next time I didn't have it and felt like I should, I missed it. And so the next thing, you know, it's like, I really like it. If I'm eating, like you said, Pico or Mm -hmm. um, even some guacamole, it's very much a excellent flavor enhancer in my book. And I think it's so fun that something like that can just be so, (laughs) so divisive. So I just want to see. And besides some people say cilantro and not cilantro. So there you go. Cilantro. Hmm. It sounds like something that people in Michigan would say, but I don't think I've ever heard anyone here say that. But we always <laughs> put an "ah" eh in everything, right? Like, cat you go a little bit further bland. north, and they put an "a" in everything. So, right? Yeah, that's Canada. true. A? Oh, a. Yeah. Or the BB. <laughs> BB seems to have Rhonda's opinion on the cilantro. Well, it is yeah. genetic, so that maybe yes. they maybe have to share the gene. Shell says, yum. She likes chopped cilantro and onion to- as a taco topic. I'm getting hungry now. Oh, Joan shared her, um, her what's up. Let's go back to that. Hi, Joan here. What's up? My second contemporary Christian romance novel releases in two weeks. Woo! That's so great. And she says she's been working hard behind the scenes to get everything ready for release. It's exciting and scary. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. We all know that feeling. Wow. That's Can amazing. Can I share a real quick recipe yeah. hack? So we love guac here in the Tong house. There's only one child in our family that doesn't like it. And she's nuts anyway. So we'll just ignore her. Um, but it's like when you go out to eat, it's like they give you like this little itty bitty like tablespoon of it for like five bucks. It's ridiculous how much they charge. Um, and my daughter-in-law came home. My other daughter-in-law was visiting us, my oldest stepson's wife. And she made homemade um, guac. And I watched her. And I'm like, that's just a lot of work. But then I watched what she was putting into it. And I realized guacamole really is just avocado and pico mixed together add some lime juice and some salt and you got it so if you're ever like a hungry for pico or you got a party to go to it really literally is just avocado buy the pre-made pico because it's pretty fresh like they ha- they make it usually in the grocery stores and and stock it and you just like smash it all together and you got guac so mm. recipes with jen you're welcome I have so much more to say on this subject. Or you could but- just put it all on the same like sandwich or wrap or whatever mm. and not have to even mix it. That's true. Yes. You still have those flavors. Mm-hmm. Well, our um, topic is quite 
meaty today. And so I feel like we should probably transition away as much as we love to talk about food and then we all leave here just starving. Um, We should start to talk about self-publishing on the cheap, pinching, publishing pennies. That's our topic for today's episode. Say that 10 times fast. I know, right? And um, we are going to be talking about um, ways that you can save money during the process and places where you might want to spend some of your budget because it's an unfortunate fact that you're not not, you're not going to be able to do it for 100% free. I mean, if you want to right. count that you've got to plug in to the internet and you've got, I mean, you've got an internet bill to pay, like, or, I mean, you, if you're going to go to the library, you're going to spend gas in your gas tank. Like, you're going to spend money some way, somehow to get a book published. Right. And, we didn't call this episode how to publish for free. Like, that's just, you cannot do that. Yeah. So, right. So, um, I personally am always team as close to free as possible. Because uh, being someone who um, was in charge of a marital budget that I was not contributing to, I was always very mindful of how I was spending money and had no idea that coming to the world of publishing, there would be expenses to incur. incur. And Mm -hmm. so we're going to all share with you all today um, our best tips and tricks and practices. So let's start with the actual process of writing your story. Where are some uh, ways to save money during the actual writing process? And where are some places you might want to spend? Well, we could start, I'm going to start with where I, what I use, and it does cost money. And I use Scrivener. I know not everybody likes Scrivener. It doesn't work for some people just because of the way that it, it it's the software works, but it may not work with the way that you write or the way that you organize. It works for me, but Scrivener is of, I think a fairly inexpensive software. You only had to pay for it one time. You get all the updates when they update and the full price cost of it is $49. However, if you participate in any nano and you win any nano, they always give you a half off coupon. There's often places that will do giveaways for it. It's just, I think it's a, a good investment. Um, so my vote is for Scrivener. What, okay. about you? what about you, Tina? What do you do? I have Scrivener and I like Scrivener um, for organizing my manuscript and my scene cards. Um, I actually do my writing in Google Docs now. And that's free. Be, um, because I lost things too many times. <laughs> and I like the fact that my, my computer could shut down on it without a warning and it's saved. Now, and I will I, say that my I have my Scrivener backed up to Dropbox, but you've had problems with that yourself, too. Yeah. So you're so like yeah, just yeah. Google Docs all the way. Yep. So I write in Google Docs and then I copy and paste it into Scrivener when I'm done writing it mm-hmm. so that it's organized where I want it to be. And I can still do all the magic of moving things around and all that and see what I have. And see my scene cards and stuff. But I do the actual writing in Google Docs, if that makes sense. But I don't see why you couldn't organize it in Google Docs by using folders and files. You absolutely could, I think. You could. Now, here's the issue. There's absolutely a learning curve. And so sometimes, like Piper says, she uses Microsoft Word. And some people might say, oh, my goodness, but the price. But what you have to figure is, if you already know how to use Microsoft Word, Time is money. If you don't know how to use some of these other programs and you do not wish to invest the time to become proficient enough at them to make them work for you, that is something you should take into consideration because cheap does not always mean best. 
especially if we're talking about uh, your mental health, your frustration and things like that. Uh, Piper says a lot of editors want a Word doc to edit on. Well, all of us would sit here and say there is a way to get your manuscript into Word doc format that your editor could easily work with. But what does that trigger? Well, then I would have to learn that. So then it's up to you to decide if it's a small enough learning curve for you to go ahead and accommodate for the amount of money you're saving buying Word. And there Mm -hmm. is an alternative to Word out there called LibreOffice that I used to use when I didn't have a copy of Word and I didn't want to spend money on it. L-I-B-R-E. It is an office suite that is supposed to be very comparable to Microsoft Word. And when I did use um, the word processing Libra, um, it did work just like Microsoft um, Office does. And so there's an alternative for you if you wish to save money, but are still a word girl. Right. And I think that's a good point to make that like all the softwares that we're talking about, they all will convert to word, but you don't have to have word. Like I do have word because we use it for homeschooling and stuff too. But um, Scrivener, you can take all of your uh, document and it'll convert it to uh, a word doc so that someone else can open up word, whether you own word or or not. Google Docs, the same thing. So yeah, that's a really good point to make. And also a lot of people already have word. Mm. Like because students Mm -hmm. or it came with their computer. Um, So if you already have word, then using word would not be an investment. Mm -hmm. Um, Also... You don't have to buy like the hundred and fifty dollar disc. You can you there is a monthly um, subscription to Office three sixty five, which gives you all the Office products for like fifteen dollars a month. So that's so also you, an option. So yeah, you could try it out and see if if you want to invest in it. Yeah. Right. So before we move on, just real quick, yes or no, without a whole lot of because we got a lot of meat today. Would you say that? the writing process and all of that is a place where you should consider spending a bunch of your budget. I would say, no, I would say no. find the cheapest place possible, cheapest way possible. Would you agree, you know, Tina? Yeah. The only way that the only thing that I would spend money on that falls under writing would be writing um, courses or classes or some kind of book to help you with the process of writing. All right. Okay, so now we move on to editing. Editing, um, have you guys ever just kind of priced out editing? I mean, so um, I I think I'm being really generous that, you know, you could find an editor for five, a half a cent a word um, for a 50,000 word manuscript that's $2,500. And a half a cent a word is pretty much um, a rate that you should expect to pay. Um, for someone who is a bargain editor. So for a developmental editor, it's cheaper yeah. for a copy editor, which are things you should do too, right? But yes. Ahead, yep. So your mm-hmm. first out the shoot, $2,500. Ladies, what are we going to do about this dilemma? Okay. So first of all, here's the, the thing that we have. I, maybe I should have said this earlier is that should you have a really good editor? Should you have a really good, all these things were mentioned? Yes. But if it's stopping you from publishing, then you need, this is why we're doing this on the cheap, right? And guess what? Because you're independently published, you can go back in and you can put a new cover in, right? You can get it re-edited later once you're making some money, if you feel like you need to. But so I I want people to not, not freak out when we tell you like, this is how much you have to spend. We're trying to give you ways to get to the point where you can get your book published and then you can always go back and improve it, right? I've already done that with some things. I've already tweaked some things on mine, so... 
Sorry. Yes. And I, I get so clenchy and uptight um, when I see social media, you know, do I really have to pay for an editor? And so many people will stridently barge into the virtual room and say, absolutely, do not even consider publishing a work unless you've had it professionally edited. And I'll just be like, well, I done did it four times. Right. So uh, sorry but, that I offended you. I don't know. Right. But you do need to have it edited. I don't think there's anyone out there in the world that is, and if you feel like oh, I don't need to have it edited, I know what I'm doing. I, I'm an editor, so I don't need to, I'm sorry. And then, then you need to like take a step back and like pray about it because I'm telling you, everybody needs to have it edited. So how do you do that on the cheap? Well, what I do is I trade out the work. I have someone who edits for me and I've done some graphic work for them. So uh, try to figure out somebody that try to figure out a skill that you have that other people may need or maybe just don't want to deal with. And you could trade out the work for that. Yeah, I agree. The barter system is amazing. And this is okay. This is a little bit tricky for writers. I mean, aren't we all introverts? Isn't that why we picked mm -hmm. writing as our, so I would encourage you to go back and watch some of our episodes about finding a good writing group and how you network as a writer. Um, a good way to start is to reach out into our chat here and start to make some writerly friends, get your toe in the water of starting to reach out and, and meet with other people who will actually care about your plot and care about your characters. Because the people who are the non-writers in your life might be tolerating all of your talk about your book. But I tell you, there's nothing like finding someone who will sit and listen to you through all of the things that you're trying to work out versus plotting characters and all of that. Right. So Piper says, well, Jen, there are dot, dot, dot. Excuse me, dot, dot, dot. We've all seen those books, LOL. I agree. But the, if you're here trying to improve your craft, if you're here trying to improve your marketing, if you're here right now, you're not going to be one of those books because you're going to want to put out the best product, right? So what we're saying is that you're, uh, no matter how hard you try, your first product is not going to be perfect. No, it's just not. Yeah. Per perfection is paralyzing, right? Right. But guess what? You can always go back and fix things. So that was my point. But yes, we don't want you putting out garbage. You need to get an editor, but you don't have to pay that lots of money. Now, Liz says, I just spent $1,000 Canadian on my copy editor. She said it was the cleanest manuscript she's seen. So maybe I wasted my money. I don't know. I, I'm not going to say you wasted your money. I, I don't know how much. I mean, the Canadian, I'm trying to think of what that is, the dollars. Like, I think that's probably about average if you're paying a professional for a um, a copy edit. But maybe the next next one, you would try to go through what the things that we're going to talk about here to save money. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, I, the, I like this tip of kind of treating it like, um, you know, you're getting your haircut and you're looking for a beauty school graduate. If you look for a new editor who's looking to get reviews, maybe you can get the price um, down a little or you'll just pay a little bit less. Um, Tina, I know you use Pro Writing Aid. I did. And here's the thing. I don't know what's, what's up with Pro Writing Aid. But I feel like when I went through Pro Writing Aid, everywhere I'd put a comma, it wanted me to take it out. And everywhere <laughs> I didn't put a comma, it wanted me to put one in. So do you think it's Pro Writing Aid? So I did that. <laughs> <laughs> so then I sent it to my copy editor. And I feel like I spent a lot of time taking out and putting in commas. Uh, uh, and so I'm wondering, like, is it Pro Writing Aid? So, I mean, I think it's a cautionary tale of like, if you do use one of these 
AI situations, you probably still want to have a person actually look at it. And if you can't look, if you can't afford a professional editor, reach out to somebody in your sphere who you would trust to send an email to a lawyer on your behalf and at least have them tell you if you've got your commas in the right place. Everybody knows um, a grammar police kind of a person that they can reach out to and do the grammar police job on their writing and think outside the box. Maybe you could clean out and organize their garage for them, or maybe you could dog sit their pet, dog sit their pet, dog sit their hamster or dog sit their cat for them. Um, yeah, just kind of barter at least getting a once over, right? Because you just, you want to do, you want to do the best you can afford. Um, what about having, what? So but ahead, we're Jen. we're lumping all editing into because we have a lot of meat yes. in this episode. We're putting all kinds of editing into one thing yes. here. But like there is copy editing and then there's developmental editing. And and so one of the things I think that you can think about is the copy editing pro writing aid is more for copy editing, commas and usage and things like that. But you like to have someone look at your story and say, This doesn't work, or look at your story and say, This person had blue eyes here, it had they have green eyes later. <laughs> so like the, an editor picks or up what that kind of to stuff. That too. Group of people you sent out to go search for something and then they never showed they up. They never again. show back up in the story. Um or true so, story. So <laughs> beta readers is another thing I have heard I've not used them yet, but I'm looking at possibly doing that in the future. Beta readers are something that a lot of authors use, especially authors that put out books a month or several mm-hmm. books a year. They have a team of beta readers that they go through and they're looking for that kind of stuff. They are avid readers. They love your style. They love your genre and they know the genre and they'll, they will give you feedback for that kind of stuff. And then, so then that can be a way of doing it that would help save you money. Is it as great as having an editor? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But again, we're, we're publishing on the cheap. You can always go back and fix it later. Right. I just sent out my book to advanced readers and I wasn't even asking for that kind of feedback. And I've gotten a couple of emails um, about like put two words of the same word in one sentence. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, I got two different emails from two different people about that one sentence. <laughs> that yeah. brings up another good topic, though. You can find a copy editor within your fan base. If you get somebody that catches that kind of stuff, don't be offended. Be mm-hmm. super excited and say, hey. I thanked them profusely. And I was yes. like, thank you so much. Like, sometimes, you know, your brain sees what it thinks should be there, especially if you wrote it. You could be the best editor on the planet. But if you think it's supposed to say the dog jumped over the moon. And it says the cow jumped over the moon. You're going to see the dog jumped over the moon because that's what your brain thinks is supposed to be there. So take note of that person for the next time you have a book come out. And when it's time for copy editing, you reach out to them and they will not only jump at the chance. I I almost guarantee it. They will be super happy to do that because they're a fan and they want to see your books be great too. Yeah. Um, I, Want to just throw out one last option? How about finding an editor on like Fiverr? What do you guys think about that process or that option? Do your research. I, I think it's a possibility. I think that there are some good thing people on on Fiverr. We're going to talk about them a little bit later with cover design. Um, but I think that you have to do your research, check all the reviews. But it's possible. And there's, find they, there's different rankings too on Fiverr. So you can tell if someone's like a little higher in the ranks, they've done it more often and they're more likely to have more reviews. And so then you're more likely to be able to tell what kind of quality you might get. And also you can ask them to, you can give them like a thousand word excerpt and ask them to edit it and see what hat you like, if you like their work. 
Excellent. All right. So um, just real quick, ladies. So is editing somewhere you would invest your writing budget or would you work real hard to find it uh, on the cheap? On the cheap now, in the future, I'll, I'll pay for it. I think it's very important. I think it's important enough that when I'm making more money, I will invest more money into it. But right now, I think you can find ways creatively to find to get your editing done. I'll just say what she said. What do you say, Tina? I'd say spend what you have to, um, you but try to keep it as low as you can when you're first starting out. Otherwise, it's just not cost effective until you're selling more books. True. Okay. Now we're moving on to another big place where people spend money. And oh, Jen's so excited. Um, She's like, I, <laughs> I have because I have new information, which oh, maybe not awesome. maybe it's not new to anyone else but me. But I for the first time this week, after we did our outline, so I went back in and I put it in there. I found out about a website called getcovers.com. That's it was right. in mm-hmm. it is also oh, you know covers. of them. Yeah. <laughs> So um, it's another group that I'm in. It's actually a course that I'm in, which has nothing to do with this topic, but um, they, so a bunch of authors that I now know use it. So it's been vetted. Um, They, I went to the website. They look like they're really good um, options. They have options as low as $10 for just an ebook cover with one image. Uh, um, Then it goes up from there. And for $35, you get not only an ebook, you get your print cover and you get um the the um three images and i'm like i can't like my time is worth so much money like i might tr- give this this a try for my next series and see what they can do for me for 35 dollars per cover and they'll send you the um the the pieces of it too is what it looked like in the thing so i so never tried it but i know a lot of people that have tried it it's been vetted and i think it's worth a shot for 35 dollars for a book I'd, cover i'd be curious and, to see if they have anything that's uh would fit for a christian fantasy book because these I aren't pre-mates that. these are not pre-mates oh they're not because they i've looked yeah. at some of those pre-mates and it's like if you look at the fantasy covers they are not appropriate for christian fantasy most of them so we don't have time to sit here and talk about just this website, but I'm excited no. about this website. And I. But think let me it, just tell you, remember the S, because if you do get cover, it's about travel insurance. So get covers. <laughs> Ask <laughs> me how I know. Yes? <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, that's really neat, Jen. What a good lead, because we're, covers is someplace you can really spend a lot of money, right? right. Yes. I mean, there are people who spend tons and tons of money uh, to get a cover because it is so important. And every writing advice that you see everywhere will be like, do not DIY this. If you're not someone who has an eye for graphic design, if you're not someone um, like whatever, but you you would say DIY is fine if what, ladies? Yes. Because you both have done DIY. Um, I took a class. I already had a background in Photoshop. I went, I learned in college. It was part of my degree. Um, but I took a class on not on Photoshop, but on book covers. And I did a ton of research. So again, that's more money. That's definitely more than $35. I spent the money on, but I've already earned the money back because I've done three covers working on the fourth. So what it would have cost me for a professional, well, not not including get covers, but what it would have cost me for a professional to do it. I have more than made my money back from that class. And then you have to buy images. I'm sorry, Tina. I just want to make sure people know that you can't just copy your images off the internet. You have to buy images from reputable sources like Shutterstock deposit photos, which they have a deal a couple times a year where you can get a ton of pictures 
like for a hundred dollars. And so, yeah. Go ahead, Tina. I took the same class. I didn't have a background in Photoshop or design, but I did have a background in art and drawing. So I had like an artistic eye. Um, and I took that same class and I, um, I also purchased my images off of Shutterstock. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty happy with my covers. I've gotten compliments on how nice my covers look. So, yeah, if you want to DIY, just make sure that you fully research. But I'm telling you what, for 35 bucks. So, you should, if you go to that get covers, I would say if you can't do as good as those, you might want to spend the $35 because, again, mm-hmm. learning how to use a photo editing program. Ask me how I know what a nightmare it is to be starting mm-hmm. from someone who doesn't even know how to manipulate a layer to figure out how to make something that is passable as a book cover. And if you can exchange all of those hours for 35 bucks and have someone else take on all of that worry, I would mm-hmm. totally say that that is worth it. Um, but agree. not everybody can find a cover they like for 35 bucks. And so, um, you know, you've, you've got to do your research and, um, ask around for how other people handle this issue. And again, you can barter it just like you can barter the editing or any of these other things we're talking about. The only thing you can't really barter out is actually writing the book. (laughs) Exactly. That's why you don't want to spend too much money or time on these. Well, you can, but yeah, let's, we're not going there. Um, So the other last couple options are, you know, we talked about fiber earlier, fiber, you can get book covers on a fiber. They're going to be about the same price as get covers, but again, do your research look at their, um, at like their reviews and just make sure that, that they are a legit and that they're going to do a good job for you, but you can do them for about the same price as what gut covers has. Um, and then pre-mades, there's lots of websites that have pre-mades and some of them are absolutely beautiful. They vary in price. I- I'm noticing that pre-mades are getting more expensive than these Fiverr and get covers, um, options though, which is kind of like, strange because before back in the day they were 20 to 35 dollars basically they were like um people that did book covers and did options for people then they were the leftovers that nobody wanted so they just kind of sold them for whatever but um and then um liz said i've bought pre-mades that and then not use them and and people are like yeah that's my fear like yeah so that's so that's an, a thing too like i've seen pre-mades that i thought oh and then it's given me an idea for a story. I got so excited. I almost bought them. And I'm glad because I don't have time for other stories right now. Yes. Right? This so. is where your business plan comes in. Your business yes. plan should be reining you in as to whether or not you should be spending money on a cover for which you have no book or whatever. So just saying you should always be mindful of the overall budget that you have to spend on your project and where all of that money is going to go. So um I guess we can kind of move on about covers, Mm -hmm. um, except for let's get our final answer. My final answer is the best you can afford. That's my final answer. Agreed. Agreed. And be honest with yourself. Like I've seen so many people share their book covers and want feedback and they don't like the feedback they're getting. If you're not a professional, you probably can't see it the right way. So just be honest with yourself about what your skill level is. And if you can't be honest with yourself, find somebody who will be honest with you that you trust. Agreed. And have them look at it. 
All righty. So we are moving on to formatting. What is that? If you are brand new, you might not even understand what we're talking about. And I will tell you, you cannot just take your Microsoft Word document and like kind of push print and have it show up okay on everybody's e-reader. There is a um, specific way the um, layout and everything needs to be for it to work in um a digital space and a digital environment and also to be printed from a press. Correct, ladies? Am I uh, describing what formatting is? And so you got to make sure the margins are right. You've got to make sure if you want a little flower at the beginning of every chapter Mm -hmm. or you want there to be like a quote and then there's some space and then your um, prose starts. All of that is encapsulated in the formatting. And you can pay to have the formatting done or you can do the formatting yourself. So why don't you ladies speak to that a little bit? Full disclosure, this is where I would spend money because I did spend money here because I I struggled at first with some of the online offerings, which have improved, I will be honest. They've improved since I started off with publishing and it was worth it to me to spend the money and I bought Scrivener. No, I'm sorry, I bought Vellum. Yes, we were talking about Scrivener. Vellum is a Mac-based um software that helps you format and it like it's just easy you upload your word doc i i take my scrivener doc i made it a, i make it a word doc you upload the word doc to the software and it makes it into these beautiful chapters it'll make an ebook format and a print format for you it just makes life easy it's about three hundred dollars or it was when i bought it and i've already earned that back from having if i were going to pay someone else to do it because again i'm i'm book four right now So for me, full disclosure, this is where I spent the money because like Jamie mentioned earlier, for me, time is money and I didn't have time to mess around making it look good with all these other options. So that's where I chose. Yes. And I will say I've heard um, some rustlings in the breeze or whatever about Atticus, which is supposed to be a competitor that just was released that is about $100 less than the Vellum and it, it does work on a PC. So um, that is an option for people to explore. If anybody has used Atticus, I'd love to hear from you because I have not. My um, journey to publication, I was not going to spend money on formatting because I was writing stuff where I don't, I don't write what Jen writes. And so my requirements for what I wanted my formatting to look like, I, I felt like I could do fine with just a generic look, whatever. Right. And I hunted around and I don't even know what I did. It's been way too long and it wasn't anything I really retained. I know I had Caliber on my computer, so I did use Caliber. But I think for the last couple of things I did, I just went to draft to digital and mm-hmm. used their formatter. Um, as I uploaded my ebook to their situation. Now, my recent projects have not been available in print, um, so I couldn't speak to that process so much. Um, Readsy is another um, option that I did explore. And again, I can't remember where I actually ended up downloading the final files from. But those are two options for people who are looking to get formatting done in a DIY manner without spending the money on a program. But mm-hmm. I I would look at Atticus only because I don't already have a Mac. And um, but I I do see it's worth the investment because two hundred and fifty dollars really isn't a lot if you're going to publish more than one book. Um, I'm not so sure I would say for sure spend your money here the way that I would about a cover, but I don't mm. think it's an exorbitant <coughs> expense to have it just be easy. Right. I agree. Cause uh, like, again, get the time that you would spend struggling then to do this could be put into writing the next book. Now, 
again, Readsy and Dear After Digital, they have really upped their game with their online uh, formatting software and it's free. So go ahead and give that a try first. Honestly, I think that, that that's where I started and I struggled because my book was longer. It was, you know, and there were things I wanted to do that it was not doing. And so, like, again, I think they've improved the things that I wanted. Yeah, but um, Vellum will give you all the bells and whistles that you so want, easy. for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy. So I have Vellum because I ended up getting a Mac. But I also have Atticus because before I had the Mac, I got it, like, when it was coming right out the gate. And I got a d- huge discount because mm-hmm. it was still, like, an introductory offer or something. So I actually have both of those. And also Scrivener will format your book for you also. That's another yes. one that we haven't mentioned. They don't do a great job, but they yeah. will. If, if if I you're, haven't if heard already, a lot of great things about it, but it's a possibility. If you've already purchased Scrivener, give Scrivener a try for their formatting for sure. Piper says that she follows a tutorial for formatting in Word. Seriously, Google and, and YouTube will be your best friend in this situation. See mm-hmm. what other people are doing. There's lots of tutorials out there. Yes, because you really can save money here. You really can. Um, mm-hmm. There is a elbow grease and sweat equity involved, but here's a place to save actual cold, hard cash. Skip right. your binge watching of Netflix for one weekend and figure out the formatting puzzle. That's what I say. And Piper says that she's seen some people suggest doing Vellum via cloud app thingy when they don't have a Mac. That's what I did. That's exactly what I did. It's called Mac in cloud. And again, Google search it. There's a YouTube video of a gentleman that shows you how to do it. It's a little cumbersome, like, but what I ended up doing, I bought Vellum and I did it that way for my first book and realized that I love Vellum, how easy it was. But the cumbersome part was using my PCs to be a Mac. And so I ended up um, finding a friend of mine who knows a lot about Macs. We found a used MacBook Air, like the lightest, like, cheapest macbook that you can find and it was old it's like from 2012 vellum does not take a whole lot of um space on a computer like it doesn't need a whole lot and it works great i love this little so i use it just for publishing so that's an option too but again another investment but i was already making books i was already making some money so you don't have to do that on the get-go so well, so we kind of got Jen's answer. She absolutely will spend money here because she did. I say as cheap as you can do it without making yourself crazy. Tina, would you spend money on formatting or would you try to do it free? My first book, I actually um, bartered with Jen and she formatted my first book for me. The um, The hard part about that was when I found typos, it was harder to go in and mm. fix them without having okay. to bug Jen. Um, also, if I hadn't had... a a surplus of money that I got for Christmas. I don't know that I would have bought Vellum and, and Atticus. Yeah. The price would have used Scrivener or tried to find out a way to do it through word or draft to digital or one of those. All right. Well, here's a suggestion to make your money back real quick. I know we're like trying to fit us all in, but if you do invest in Vellum or Atticus, does it mean that you couldn't make some money by offering very cheaply, to forming people's books for them. There you go. If you need someone to do your cover, maybe you could do a barter situation. Start a Fiverr. Start a Fiverr thing. I yeah. will. I will format five of your books if you do a cover for me. Maybe something like that because it's going to be so easy for you. Um, but they don't I, have to know that. They don't have to right. know how easy it is. <laughs> We've got um, two more points. What do you guys want to do about that? Do you want to revisit this topic or do you want to? Tr- I mean, it's it's already quarter till. So. Um, how do you want to handle this here? You know, we could stop here because the rest of this is really about after the book is done, it's the publishing and the marketing of it. But I feel like we really need to to talk about these things because this is where I see the most people 
freak out. And, you know, the past episodes we've done recently about predatory publishing companies and like this is where the information is that, of how you would do this cheaply and not get caught up in that. So, and I feel we, we should, should make a this. full episode out of those two points. I believe. So here okay. we go. P- pinching publishing pennies part. Is there a P word that means for two? Uh, all I could think of is like um, part do pedal bike for two feet because I know that. that anyway, <laughs> whatever. So yeah, part two. part two. So tune in next week and we're going to talk a little bit more about now your book is. Uh, formatted and has a cover and where are places you can save money um, after. So we have to move on just because of time restrictions. How about that, ladies, to the feeding of the backs. It's where we give each other feedback about a piece of writing that we each created just before the show. Um, Mine, I created very early this morning because I had an obligation while the other two ladies were sprinting. And I also sprinted to entirely the wrong words. Did we end up changing what words we all sprinted to or did you know? Because they were already out there in social media Uh, and everything. So so just for the record, I sprinted to entirely different words than everybody else did. So Jen, uh, why don't you tell everybody what the real words were and then share your piece. And we only give positive feedback on these pieces because we don't edit them and we're not looking for a full on critique. We're just looking for the yay, good jobs. And that's what you get when you share with us. So since it's the first Friday of the month, it is first Friday words and this, which is my favorite prompt, by the way. And so our five words today is letter, peel, satellite, visit, and law. And I think I only got the first two words in before Mm -hmm. I got going. So back in Widows of the West World, you'll, you'll be happy, Rhonda. Colleen's hands shook as she peeled the envelope open. She never received correspondence. The last letter she'd received had announced the news of her father's death. With that one message, she had not only lost the last remaining member of her family, but also the last remaining hope of ever escaping Denny McGuire. Her father was the only person left in the world that could take Colleen, that would take Colleen in. Not that he would ever have been able to pay for her passage home or had any funds to pay for whatever legal fees would be associated with divorcing her husband. But Colleen knew that if her father was aware of her situation, if he knew exactly of what kind of man Denny McGuire really was, he would have done anything he could to save her. He wouldn't have been able to, she knew, but just the knowledge that he would have tried always brought comfort to her. But even that sliver of hope was dashed when she received the news of his death. I'm surprised the old coot lasted this long, Denny said. Denny had said upon hearing the news. What do you mean? He was one foot in the grave from the day I met him, Denny chuckled. Couldn't give up the bottle like the good old Irishman he was. Kenny felt, Colleen felt the bile bubble in the back of her throat as she fought back tears. She would cry later that night when Denny had gone back to town, back to the saloon and the women he frequented there. She'd cry then because she had vowed early on in their marriage to never cry in front of this man again. A breeze fluttered the curtain of the window near her, fluttering the piece of paper in her hand and bringing her back to the present. She whipped the back of her free hand across her eyes and unfolded the letter. That's it. Hmm. What does it say? That's exactly, I don't know. (laughs) That's why I stopped there. I had like a minute left. I'm like, I don't know what it says. So That's funny. I stopped a minute too. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I also, well, I did not stop at a minute, but I put a sentence in that was more finished than, that's interesting, because we weren't even together. 
So, uh, sorry to say you're mean. That's not exactly positive feedback, although it is because obviously I'm invested. So very good job. Uh, once again, sucking us into Colleen's world and life. I really, I really enjoyed finding out a little bit more about the evil ex or the evil Mm -hmm. late husband, I guess it would be, Mm -hmm. um, because it gives a lot more context to her character. And, you know, I'm a high context person. I I have to know all the context. (laughs) So I really enjoyed that. Thanks. I appreciate it. It's one of those moments I've been trying to figure out how I was going to give information without info dumping, right? Like I wanted mm-hmm. to be able to. And so a letter arriving, which would then like, tar- like you know, kind of react. Trigger a memory. Trigger it. Yeah. So um, this obviously needs a lot of work, but I like where this is going. So, yeah. Shell says it was a great way to weave in the memory. Oh, and thank Gigi you. said it was so good. She feels so sad for Colleen. I know. Yes. Colleen's had it rough. Oh, you don't even know the half of it. Piper yeah. says he's mean. Feel bad for her. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. All right. Well, I will read my complete disaster, I guess, uh, next. Because what happened was, again, I didn't know that we had already words like how dumb of me I could have just checked the social media but I saw nothing written in the blank and I thought I was being helpful by producing new words so the words I wrote to were lid quantity guard bald and parking which I don't even know why I bothered to say because like Jen I think I used just a couple in the beginning and then completely they went away but that's the point of the prompt right the prompt is to prompt you to start writing yes exactly that's um, why I love the words because I it sometimes will trigger something as I'm trying to fit them in. So there you go. All right, here it is. The Taurus rolled into the parking garage on bald tires. Milton looked up from his novel and squinted at the plate, even though the monitors in front of him would have given him plain view of it. He grunted New York. Nothing good ever came out of New York. As far as he was Mm -hmm. concerned, his own father was rumored to have hailed from there. After all, probably was still there living in squalor or six feet under, as Milton liked to imagine him, preferring one image over the other, depending on the reasons that brought the invisible invisible man to mind. The Taurus was rusty and faded blue. The brake squealed as it slowed at the end of the first row and then swung wide. Milton was considering getting up to follow when the sound of Miss Katie's car approaching reached his ears, and he turned around to meet her with a wide, toothy grin. Good morning, Miss Katie, he said to her when she slowed to a stop in front of the tidy little guard shack. You want lime or raspberry today? Milton reached for the cup of safety suckers he kept on the minuscule desk, but Katie waved him away. Neither today, I'm afraid, she said. I'm only working a half day. I have a procedure this afternoon, you see. Anyway, I'm to take nothing at all until after I've been through it. Nothing serious, I hope, Milton said, setting the cup back down with a trembling hand and then clasping the member in its twin in order to study it. Of course, it wasn't his business. Of course, he shouldn't be asking. But Miss Katie had never before refused one of his safety suckers, and she didn't. She needn't have refused one today, he reasoned. She might have just taken it and slipped it into her little pink purse. Nothing serious, I hope, too, she said with an enigmatic smile. And Milton smiled back out of reflex, but he didn't feel the smile. Instead, he felt such a cocktail of emotions well up inside that he wasn't sure how to respond. I hope, she'd said, so she wasn't sure. What was Milton's job here, he wondered, to press, to ask more questions? The milliseconds he was allowed to wonder expired as Milton sensed she was about to start easing the car forward. Be an anchor, his conscience, what he referred to as his Jiminy Cricket voice, commanded, and Milton did not argue. I'll hang on to a raspberry one, he said. 
though they both knew there were never really enough children who rolled past his booth to wipe him out of any particular variety. Mm-hmm. See it tomorrow? Even this seemed like an intrusion, the import of the answer seeming to grow with every uttered syllable. I hope so, Katie said, and giving a little wave, she pulled ahead. Milton shook his head and forced his mind off Katie and back to wondering what business the Blue Taurus had in the building today. I don't know how you do it, Jamie. How in just so many, just in one sprint, you like have a complete, the characters are all fleshed out. I can see where they are. Like, and it's always something different. Like these, the characters that you write are not all cookie cutter. Like that you don't like each character has their own personality. Every scene is different. Like the blueberry, like just like, yes. So well done. I don't like, I'm always speechless. I appreciate that. I think it comes from your affinity for short stories mm-hmm. because you have this way of like putting a one particular moment under a microscope and pulling in all the details of that one microcosm of a moment. Mm. And so you can like the, from the safety sucker, which I can totally see Oh, <laughs> um, to like the car to everything, like all those little details. And it's all just a few minutes of time. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that's a that talent that you have. And I, I'm so jealous. I really appreciate that. Um, and for the uninitiated, a, a safety sucker is a sucker that doesn't have a stick. It has like a loop at the bottom and they typically give them to little kids so that they don't fall down and like poke themselves in the back of the throat as they're running with their sucker, which you know, they're going to do no matter how many times you tell them. So just for the uninitiated. And I really appreciate that. I really appreciate your awesome feedback. I love this part of the podcast. I love words of affirmation. So thank you much. Well, there's a lot coming <laughs> from the um, from the chat. Liz says, a Taurus with bald tires. Great scene setting. Agreed. Thank you. Piper says, safety sucker. Some special sort of suckers he's got oh, there. Oh, yeah. Love there's the a double meaning. Mm-hmm. <gasps> okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> So many great little details. Love the cocktail of emotions. Gigi says, Jamie, oh, wow. I love how you make me know your character so well. Invested. Rhonda says, yes, Tina, you're exactly right about Jamie's work. Yeah, Thanks, we you guys. I appreciate it. I love this part of the day. All right. And then, Tina, what did you do with words that were not the words that I used? You want to remind me? Well, it doesn't really were. matter because I oh. didn't use any of them. All right, good. I had every intention of using them, and then I started writing, and they were gone completely from my consciousness. All right. I had to put my, my bifocals on. Okay. And this is a continuation of the story I've been writing in uh, in these sprints. Nikolai had imagined this moment for a very long time. He'd spent years searching and had given up hope long ago. Somehow, in his mind, this young man that stood before him had stated the infant he remembered, sucking at his mother's breast. Suckling, sorry. Nikolai would never forget the hot, sinking sensation in his gut all those years ago. He'd gone outside to look at the night sky when someone hit him over the head. When he came to, the sky was just beginning to lighten to a dark lavender in in anticipation of sunrise, the silhouette of the trees a dark purple against it. As soon as his senses returned, he ran back towards the cabin, its front door open and swinging in the wind. His wife lay unmoving on the bed, the IV dripping, oblivious to anything being amiss. The quilt he'd tucked under her chin lay in a heap on the floor, and he could see goosebumps on her arms and legs. The baby was nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. All logic left him in that moment as he lifted the quilt, shaking it as if the baby might somehow be hiding in its folds. 
He got down on all fours and peered under the bed and other furnishings. He opened cupboard doors, and as he stood staring at his wife's favorite coffee mug with the chip in the rim, it hit him. His son was gone. They'd taken him back, and his fate at that moment seemed worse than death to Nikolai as he recalled the plans the eugenics lab had for the babies they'd created. Come, Nikolai said, turning to mount his horse. I'll take you to her. The boy narrowed his eyes, studying Nikolai intently, his blade still held out in front of him. I'm not going to harm you, Nicholas said. You are my son. I would move heaven and earth for you, and within the limits of my abilities, I already have. Slowly the blade lowered, and the boy approached. Nikolai held out his hand, grasping his son's tightly as he helped him mount the steed. So, my mother's still alive? the boy asked. Yes, if you can call it that, replied Nikolai. Then he spurred his horse and they galloped out of the town and into the dark of the woods. Okay, okay. so I'm quiet because I have questions. Go, Jen. Me too. Me too. Like, I feel like I missed something. But uh, positives first. Like, love the, the scene setting and the purpley sky with the outline oh of the trees. Oh my goodness, and yes. Like, uh, yes. So love all that. But like, I'm, it's overshadowed by the questions that I have. Like I, <laughs> it's probably my, because you're reading it to me instead of me looking at it at the page. Right. But like, um, the baby is gone. I thought Nikolai was by himself. And now he's talking to his son who's there with, with a sword. I'm it's a continuation I, of the scene I wrote two weeks ago. Okay. With the boy in the shadows and with the white hair. Yes, and I, wasn't it from his perspective? It was from the boy's perspective. And he came, and the end scene ended with him pulling out a blade and saying, take me to my mother. Yes. Like, I remembered, I remembered who that was and what was going on. Um, but then, anyway, like, my questions were more about, like, it felt like we missed a chunk of dialogue in between. And I just wondered if it was something... Uh, separate or different or kind of whatever, or if I just like, I mean, it wasn't even a critique so much as just like, there is more there than like, it's not enough. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like it's just a sprint. So you don't Mm -hmm. have to fill in all this stuff for us yet, but we want you to fill all this stuff in because we're invested in this story and we are Mm -hmm. excited about these characters. So yes, not meant to be a critique, just meant to be like, what? Wait, tell me more. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Liz says, eugenics lab. Yes, right? (laughs) And Piper says, I have goosebumps. I would move heaven and earth. I already have. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. It seems like there's a bunch of stuff in the past that needs to come forward somehow, either in a prequel or in flashbacks or dreams or something like that. Like, do you, do you have this, like, you're just writing this only on this Friday, right? Like this isn't something you plotted out or anything. This is like you're pantsing it. Totally pants, totally writing into the dark. And I'm not even sure all of these scenes are in chronological order as Hedegrina and Pierre. Like Mm. if I write this into a book. Right. So I'm like just keeping it all in a file. And then when I go to write the series, I'm going to decide where it starts and where it ends and what to include and all that stuff. So I'm just getting the ideas out of my brain. Piper says this is going to be such a good story. Gigi says, Tina, that was awesome. I thought it was a flash forward. Shell says, I felt his fear when he was shaking the blanket, looking for the baby. Great descriptions. Rana says, Tina, my brain is drooling over what the next storyline could be about. It's so good. Thanks, guys. All right. And we are 
almost out of time, but before we go, we need to find out what's next. Um, there's lots of um, things coming up next for everybody, um, except for me. I have really not a whole lot coming up next writing-wise. Um, I am uh, doing some really intensive um schoolwork right now. And so this is about the only writing stuff I'm kind of doing. So I'm happy that you all are here and keeping me creative and accountable to be creative. And so I have website certificates expiring and that kind of under the hood stuff to do, which makes me go, ugh, because it's none of the part of writing that I like but it's really the only part of writing that I'm doing. And so um, that's what I'll probably be tackling with this next week. What about you, Jen? Well, do you remember a couple of weeks ago, I had lost some writing. I did some handwriting while I was yes. at the nursing home with my mom. I found it. I'm so excited. I found it last <laughs> night. So uh, in this coming week, I'm going to be adding that to the document and trying to finish up that chapter. Finally, it's a very difficult chapter. Like Jamie's the only one that really knows what happens within this book, the part that's difficult. And this is an accountability. Like she is finally facing up to everything with her parents and her parents are finally learning an entire truth that they didn't know. And it just has to be handled very well. And I'm, and it's just been very difficult to write. So like, I know I've been like struggling in this one spot for a long time, but it's worth it. And then once I get done with this part, then it's like, going to be smooth sailing. So that's what I'm doing this next week. Yay. And that's going to wrap you up in plenty of time to start tackling some other project come November. Mm, yes, for sure. Does this um, affect like a release date for this book? Like, have you thought that far ahead? Or are you going to wait until you know your edits are done? Um, yeah, I haven't thought that far ahead. I know, right? I maybe I would do a, like a Christmas in July kind of a situation. And then I don't know. We'll see. I'm not even, I'm not even worrying about that anymore. I'm just getting the books written. That's all I'm worried about. Good job. Yeah. Hi, mom. It's Phoebe. Good show. (laughs) Thanks, Phoebe. Love you so much. All right. What's next for you, Christina Katane? Um, Well, I have a hard launch on book two coming. It's Alone in the Land of the Midnight Sun on May 18th, which is also my husband's birthday. So happy birthday to you, honey. Yay. Because he wants to retire from his secular job and just be a pastor. And he's really counting on me starting to make some money on these books. <laughs> um, we have a five-year plan. Anyway, um, so I have some stuff to do to prepare for that. I have um, a bunch of promo stacking that I've done for book one. So I've started the promo stacking on the Monday of that week. And the release of book two is on the Wednesday of that week. And I have um, newsletter promos every day that week for book one. So um, um, book one is going to be marked down to 99 cents. And then book two is going to be regular price. So we're going to see it's it's a, something that was suggested to me by somebody who's done this a lot. So we're going to see how that works. And then we'll come back and talk about it afterwards and see how it worked. Yeah, I really would like to spend a little bit of time with that so that people can know what to be looking forward to. Jen, we're going to hit the chat there. We got a couple of what's next in the sure. chats. I think, yeah. Thanks, Jen. 
next straighten out my newsletter platform debacle and get more words written. Oh, we need to hear more about that. Yeah, week. she well, she joined a promotion that worked super well for her and got her like 5000 people to sign up. But then <gasps> that means she's got to pay. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. she only wants to keep the people who are going to open. And so she's working through how do I make sure that happens? So that's yeah. kind of what's going on there. But I mean, yay for all the new subscribers. Right. But now she's just got to learn how to manage them. Right. Joan says, next, just to continue working on my book release plan. That's awesome. And there's lots of, Shell says, hi, Phoebe. Piper <laughs> says, hi, Phoebe. Joan says, oh, hi, Phoebe. <laughs> so sweet. Oh. All right. Well, a chock full of info episode for you all. And hopefully we can be back next week with another. But until next time, that concludes this Christian Indie Writers podcast. Until next time, may your pen be prolific, your deadlines be met, and may all of your words honor Christ. Bye for now. Bye, Bye now.